0: Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypannuccio.com forward slash act. Now, what makes a character a major character are four elements, motivation, mission, obstacles, and change. Writer Unleashed is for you often when I get a manuscript to edit or coach writers through, there are too many characters whose role and purpose in the story isn't clear to me. Sometimes the character will get a brief introduction that makes me believe that they're going to play some role later as the story develops. Then a few chapters later, they'll be mentioned again. So, The main character will notice them in the room, for example. Now, the author, for some reason, is calling attention to this character, and then that character will be dropped from the rest of the story. But I'll expect something from that character from the initial introduction. And then I'll ask, will this character play an essential part in the story later? And what is that part? And the writer will say, well, they don't have a role. And then with main characters, the protagonist, let's say, I won't be clear on what it is they're trying to achieve by the end of the novel. So there's no clear goal or ambition. And then we have all these incidental characters sprinkled throughout because they would have been there. And they're overutilized. This creates reader confusion. So having a large cast of characters can overwhelm your readers, especially if the characters are introduced all at once, or there's too many characters in a scene, or the roles are too similar, or the roles are unclear. So readers will struggle to keep track of who's who, who they should be focusing on, and This can interfere with their engagement with your story. So, characters are either overutilized or underutilized, and this keeps readers from connecting to your characters and following the story. So, you want to carefully consider the necessity of each character. Now, not every character needs the same amount of depth and range, but You want to make sure that every character, no matter how minor, contributes to the overall narrative in a meaningful way. So in this episode, I'm going to go over three types of characters you'll likely have in your story. Major characters, minor characters, and then we have functional characters. So let's break these three types of characters down. Number one, functional characters. Functional characters perform a single function. Maybe they drive the Uber. Maybe they serve drinks at the bar. This character isn't involved in the motivational pattern of your major characters. This is the character who opens the door, serves the food, drives the bus. He has no name and no distinguishing characteristics. He appears only once. But if you call attention to this character or spend too much narrative space on him or her, let's say you describe the butler or a major character notices something unusual about the butler. Well, the reader is going to expect something to happen with this character. They will expect the butler to have some influence on what happens later. Here's an example of a functional character from William Trevor's story, The Penthouse Apartment. So, The story opens with a husband and wife, Mr. and Mrs. Ronka, and Mr. Ronka is on the phone with someone from the magazine who will be photographing their apartment later that day. And they're talking about having flowers as a centerpiece for the photo shoot. So it's a phone conversation we're privy to, and the woman on the other end of the phone is functional. She doesn't have a name. We're just getting the dialogue. She's functional. Now, that does not mean she's not essential. Your functional characters are still essential to the story. You never want a character without a story function. Now, this woman on the phone from the magazine is functional for two reasons. First, she defines Mr. and Mrs. Ronka who, by the way, are minor characters. They're not major characters. So she's there to define Mr. and Mrs. Runka, number one. And number two, she sets up what happens as the story progresses. So she's there to help set up what happens later in the story. She reveals the Runkas as these rich, upper-class snobs. And the functional character, the woman on the phone is there to show that entitlement. Now, a functional character is forgettable for the most part. We won't be thinking of this person as the story progresses. They appear once, they served the story function. They don't appear later. We don't get a long description of them. They're functional, they have a purpose. So even if someone is serving tea in a restaurant, what does that interaction say about your major characters? How might it set up what follows later? If a character doesn't have a function, either give them one to say something essential about the story or cut them completely. Okay, on to number two, minor characters. Minor characters have a single defining characteristic, something that makes them distinct and memorable. For example, the ronkas are minor characters. They're wealthy, upper class, they're snobs, they're entitled. They look down on people who are on the lower rungs of wealth. So a minor character is more sharply defined, and they're established quickly. With minor characters, we don't see any internal change throughout the story, but they are established quickly. For example, the opening paragraph of The Penthouse Apartment reads like this. Flowers? said Mr. Ronka into his pale blue telephone receiver. Shall we order flowers? What's the procedure? He stared intently at his wife as he spoke, and his wife, eating her breakfast grapefruit, thought that it would seem to be her husband's intention to avoid having to pay for flowers. She had become used to this element in her husband. It hardly ever embarrassed her. So we get more of the phone conversation between Mr. Runka and the magazine, Art functional character. And then we get a quick summarized description of Mrs. Runka. Mrs. Runka lit her first cigarette of the day. She had a long, rather thin face and pale gray hair that had the glow of aluminum. Her hands were long also, hands that had grown elegant in childhood with fingernails that now were of a fashionable length, metallically painted, a reflection of her hair. Ten years ago, on money borrowed from her husband, she had opened her boutique. She had called it St. Catherine and had watched it grow into a flourishing business. And then a few paragraphs down, we get a little snapshot of Mr. Runka. Mr. Ronka rose to his feet and stood silently for a minute. He was a rich, heavily jowled man, the owner of three publications that appealed to those involved in the clothing trade. He was successful in much the same way as his wife was, and he felt, as she did, that efficiency and a stern outlook were good weapons in the business of accumulating wealth. They were proud that, once again, their penthouse apartment was again to be honored by photographs and a journalist. It was the symbol of their toil, and in a small way, it had made them famous. Okay, so we're getting a very distinct and memorable impression of Mr. and Mrs. Runka, and this will serve the story later. Now, if you take too long to establish a minor character, the reader is going to expect them to be a major character because major characters are revealed over time. So when you spend too much time developing a minor character, that can be confusing and ultimately unsatisfying for your reader. You want them to be distinctive and instantly memorable. You never want your novel full of forgettable characters. They must be instrumental to the story. The Runkas are minor characters, even though they're the first characters introduced. Their defining characteristic is that they're wealthy and entitled. And this is key because it motivates one of the major characters' actions later in the story. Now, another minor character is their maid, Bianca. We meet her in the scene that follows this. She's very trusting and naive. She's a young Italian immigrant, and she's a new hire. So as a maid, she's a little inexperienced. Bianca is instrumental in what happens because she invites the main character, Miss Winton, into the penthouse to see it as it's ready for photographers with its fresh flowers. She also invites the antagonist into the penthouse as well. Okay, so we have our minor characters, Mr. and Mrs. Runka and Bianca. Although Bianca has more narrative space in the story, but... She doesn't experience any change, and that's the thing with minor characters. They don't have an arc of change. They're essential to the story. They have a role, a clear role in the story, but they're different from your major characters. So with minor characters, they have a single defining characteristic or attribute that makes them instantly memorable. Okay, on to number three major characters. A major character has a mission in life. There's a major ambition or motivation that drives him or her through the story. This is usually your protagonist and your antagonist. Now, the protagonist dominates most of your story's action. This is the person who experiences the most change by the end. This is the person who has the most at stake. The antagonist is the opponent, the one who interferes with or creates trouble for your protagonist. This is the character who puts your protagonist to the test. Now, your antagonist has his own mission in life, his own motivations. His mission is in conflict with your protagonist's mission. Now, the antagonist is the hero in his own story. Your protagonist creates or represents obstacles for him. Now, for more on antagonists, listen to episode 102, Five Secrets About Your Antagonist You Should Know. Episode 102, I'll link in the show notes. Now, the antagonist does not have to be a character. The antagonist might be the climate or outdoor elements. It could be the topography of the land. It could be an institution. Your protagonist might be his or her own worst antagonist. Now, what makes a character a major character are four elements. Motivation, mission, obstacles, and change. So, motivation. Something hooks your character into the world of your story. It could be love, hate, resentment, despair, loneliness, anxiety, grief. Some major emotion motivates your major characters. And sometimes there's a combination of two major emotions. For example, in the penthouse apartment, Miss Winton is motivated by loneliness, a feeling of being invisible. She's an older woman. She's 64 years old. She's never been married, and her only companion is her dog. She's also motivated by a desire to do good, to keep the peace, to bridge differences. She wants to please people. Now, this story is really about class divisions, So you have the Runkas who live at the top there on the penthouse. Miss Winton lives in the middle floors of the building. She's comfortable financially, but she's not wealthy like the Runkas. So she represents the middle class. And then there's the antagonist, Mr. Morgan, who's the repairman for the building. And he lives in a basement apartment. But he's considered more working class. And to the Ronkas, he'd be considered lower class. The Ronkas view Miss Winton as below them. They don't distinguish her from the working class. She's just another plebe to deal with. So your character comes into the story with a motivation, and the story gets started when your character is given a mission or decides to undertake a mission. For example, this story starts when Bianca invites Miss Winton into the apartment. This is where Miss Winton's mission is activated. Now, at this point, the apartment is all set up for the photographers. The flowers have been arranged by Mrs. Runka before she went to her boutique, and both Mr. and Mrs. Runka are expected to leave their businesses early to be home for the photo shoot. Now, Miss Winton resists the invitation to come into the apartment initially. She doesn't feel right about going into the apartment when the Runkas are not home, but she's a people pleaser. Mr. Morgan, the handyman who lives in the basement, is already there, and she assumes he's fixing something in the bathroom. He's fixing the pipes. Now, he doesn't like her. There's a history between Morgan and Miss Winton. He is the obstacle, he's the one who causes a moral dilemma for Miss Winton. Now, Mr. Morgan is motivated by resentment, even rage. He feels as though everyone is repressing him financially. So he's not happy with his financial situation, and he blames the upper classes for his financial woes. His mission in the story is to get revenge, To destroy the Runka's living room setup and sabotage the photo shoot. So Bianca is serving them coffee spiked with the Runka's whiskey. Bianca and Mr. Morgan are getting visibly drunk as the scene continues, and Mr. Morgan is becoming more and more belligerent. And then there's a crash. The flowers are all over the floor. The arrangement is smashed. There's water on the carpet. Then they put a heater next to it to dry it, and that burns the carpet. Mr. Morgan, in his drunkenness, has destroyed the place and the photo shoot that's set to happen shortly. And when the runkers get home, they, of course, are upset. Their photo shoot is ruined. Mr. Morgan tells them that Miss Winton's dog had a fit and caused the damage. And Miss Winton, in order to keep the peace, tries to tell them that Mr. Morgan did it, but it was an accident. Now she's motivated throughout the story by doing something good, and we're reminded of that in this moment. Listening to Mr. Morgan laboriously telling his lies, Miss Winton was visited by the thought that there was something else she could do. For 15 years, she had lived lonesomely in the building, her shyness causing her to keep herself to herself. She possessed enough money to exist quite comfortably. She didn't do much as the days went by. So she tries to do something useful here. We must try to understand, cried Miss Wyndon, her face burning with embarrassment, a man like Mr. Morgan and people like you in an old spinster like myself. We must relax and attempt to understand. Ultimately, she takes the blame. And here's how the story ends. I have failed, said Miss Winton to herself. I have failed to do something that might have been good in its small way. She found herself at the door of her flat, feeling tired, and heard Mr. Morgan saying, Will you be all right, madam? She reflected that he was speaking to her as though she were the one who had been mad, soothing her in his scorn. Mr. Morgan began to laugh. "Runka slipped me a quid, he said. Our own Mr. Runka. He laughed again, and Miss Winton felt wearier. She would write a check for the amount of the damage, and that would be that. She would often in the future pass Mr. Morgan on the stairs, and there would be a confused memory between them. The Runkas would tell their friends, saying there was a peculiar woman in one of the flats. Did you see their faces, said Mr. Morgan, when I mentioned the dog in a fit? He threw his head back, displaying all his teeth. It was that amusing, said Mr. Morgan. I nearly smiled. He went away, and Miss Quentin stood by the door of her flat, listening to his footsteps on the stairs. She heard him on the next floor, summoning the lift that would carry him smoothly to the basement, where he would tell his wife, about Miss Winton's dog having a fit in the Runker's penthouse and how Miss Winton had made a ridiculous fuss that no one had bothered to listen to. So the change that happens for Miss Winton, our major character, our protagonist, is that she goes from being someone who doesn't do much day to day to wanting to do something good and failing at it. Okay, let's recap. We talked about three types of characters in a story and how they differ in the way they're presented. Number one, functional characters. These are characters who appear once in your story. It may be the shop owner who sells your main character bagels in the morning, but they have to have a function They must serve some story purpose. Maybe the interaction reveals something about the characters involved, and or it sets up something that will be important later in the story. Number two, minor characters. These are characters who have a single defining characteristic, something that makes them instantly memorable. And number three, major characters. This is usually your protagonist and your antagonist. What sets these apart from your functional and minor characters is that they're driven by motivation, a mission, obstacle, and change. So there you have it. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you know any writers who need some support in their writing, please share this episode or the Writer Unleashed podcast in general. And if you love what you're listening to, subscribe on your favorite listening platform, and please leave me a review. Reading how this podcast impacts your writing truly lights me up and helps me create topics for the show. Till next time, keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.